Welcome to Look What She Built, where we show you examples of what an iconic woman leader looks like. I'm your host, Jamie Rowe, and I'm so excited to have you here. I created Look What She Built because I want to celebrate the bold, the brave, and badass women who are doing business in their own way. In this podcast, we're going to interview and celebrate these women business owners, as well as bring on experts that can help us dive deep on topics like sales, self-care, money mindset, and more. So let's dive in and show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Hello, this is Jamie Rowe from Look What She Built podcast. And I have Alicia Barr with me this morning. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Hi, Jamie. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. So Alicia Barr is a sales strategist and speaker with 14 plus years of experience customizing sales strategies to your personality, audience, and service. But sales is not a one-size-fits-all. Her methods empower solopreneurs to effortless, oh my goodness, I said there were no $10 words and look at this, I already like effortlessly convert 80% of their leads without paying, pitching, or pretending to be someone else. She sold 50 million plus in services herself and has helped others sell 10.2 million over the last two years alone with her proven personalized approach. Alicia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry. I didn't know effortlessly. I got to, you know, no, that's me. I, I, I thought I'd skim through there and I always look for big fancy words that, you know, I was homeschooled for two years. So who knows what happened <laughs> during that time with grammar <laughs> special in that category. And so I didn't think there was anything, but thank you. That's a beautiful word. Um, okay. So I, I do like to ask people what their morning routine is, but I'd like to also note if I could say that you're, you're quite pregnant right now. Can we talk about that? Yeah, I'm two weeks out. So morning routine is definitely different. Um, Meaning two weeks before birth, not two weeks pregnant. No, no. I'm like at the finish line, which I'm so excited about. I was just reflecting on how, when I first got pregnant, I was just like pissed because I'd already done it. And I was like, I mean, I'm happy, but I know that I'm about to go through like nine months of absolute sacrifice and limitation. And I'm just not excited about it. And I looked at my husband and was just like, and you don't have to do anything. Oh, we can, and that's really them. annoying. They can wait on us hand and foot. They can drive us around, make us food, get us drinks, empathy, like, Hey, that really sucks. Instead of like, why don't you do this? I mean, there's, there's things, aren't there things that they can do? Oh, yeah, they can't it's not even like the same level of sacrifice at all. Um, but I want the kids, so I'm going to do it and I'm, and I'm almost done. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I want the kid because you already have a kid. And how old is your daughter? She's three and a half. Oh, is she super excited? She is, but I think, you know, we've been trying to read her books about how it's like, okay, this baby's going to come out and like, he's not going to just be like your play buddy right away. Like it's not going to move. It's not going to talk, not going to do anything. Like he's going to take a lot of our time and attention. So she's like, you know, prepared. So she's excited, but also nervous. Um, I'm just going to try to tap her in as like a helper. And I think she'll be into it. That could help a lot. Yes. I know. I had my son bring me diapers. Like when I was changing my daughter's, you know, her pants, I would just be like, could you go get me a diaper? Even though it was like right next to me. And they're like, oh, this is a big job, mom. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then we go do that. And I'm like, can you also get mommy some whiskey? Oh, yeah. excuse me. I'm sorry. I can't drink right now. I just wanted to live in that moment. I hate I that whiskey. too. When you're breastfeeding, you can't like ugh, partake. Is that what you mean? I didn't. I don't drink yeah. whiskey. I don't even know why I said that. Oh, uh, I actually, I actually really like whiskey. Um, but yeah, I'm going to ask her to like sing lullabies, like, you know, Oh, he needs you. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about the morning routine. Cause you'd mentioned a little bit to me before we got started. So how <laughs> normally is your morning routine and what happened today? I don't have like a slamming morning routine. I know you do. Um, I mean, so since it's all women listening, like I peed every hour last night, um, sometimes even every half hour. And so I was exhausted and I took a nap. As soon as I got my kid ready for school, I, um, took a nap and feel so much better now. Um, normally my routine is like, I mean, I love to snuggle my kid in the morning. We snuggle a little, we watch, she's still real snuggly, you know, um, eat some breakfast, watch some, um, movies, sing too. pretty good right now. If anybody's not seen it, What's um, what is it sing too? So there's sing one and Matthew McConaughey is like a koala bear who, uh, owns some, um, music theater. And so sing two, they come back and like, you know, have a really big show and everything. Um, anyway, lots of cartoons in our world right now, but I've always loved Disney movies. This isn't a Disney movie, but I've always loved kids movies. So, um, and then, you know, take her to school, come back. If I can, I do have a meditation that I do, but a lot of times I just have to like, get right to it. Um, specifically while I'm pregnant, because I don't have a lot, I have to take a lot of naps. So like, I only have like a win, a small window to get some stuff done and the nap. And, but when I'm not pregnant, I'm like getting shit done. And I miss that version of myself so much. Yes. It's like seasons in life. I mean, you get to take naps right now. Well, I have to, at least I have the ability to, I don't know how women who don't have the ability to like that go to an office for the whole day and stuff like brutal cannot even imagine. Cause we're not even really allowed to drink caffeine. Yeah. There's, there's no way to crutch it up like with caffeine or any other stimulants. Cause we have to be all natural yeah. we're pregnant as much as we can for the benefit of the baby, right. but um, yeah, I don't know. I was a big napper and I was, a, I loved naps with my, when the baby, after the baby was born, I would nap with both kids in the afternoon. Oh. Well, they would sleep longer too, because I was next to them. Totally. So I would stay home and I would have the baby in the bassinet. And then I would have my toddler next to me and we would just nap and wake I up with like a light breeze on my ass, like come to the window and like, oh, yeah. you know, like nap the with best. My toddler all the time all the time. I'm like, great. I need to get this done. Let's do it together. I do think it makes her nap longer. Um, I, yeah, I'm lucky that we're lucky that we can do that because we created these businesses. Yeah. So we can be at home and do fun things and, like nap. and take naps. I love it. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about sales. Cause you know, that's a great transition napping to sales. Well, alcohol <laughs> to sales, there could be some correlation Right, for some people. Yeah. I mean, you should, I think napping probably makes you better at sales. I think so. like, I'd well, like to see whenever you're 
taking care of yourself, right? The self-care of the piece of it is that you're a, um, not a better person, but maybe you're in a better mood. You're feeling better. You're connect, it's easier to connect and collaborate with someone. There's all those pieces. But today I really wanna talk about um, why sales is not a dirty word. Uh, I love your LinkedIn posts. So if anyone's listening, follow Alicia Barr, B-A-H-R. Don't worry, we'll put it on the show notes because you have the funniest ass posts. Like the other day, it was like, blah, blah, blah. Why are people, why are people's dicks in sales? And you had all this, and then at the end, it's like, okay, so the moral of the story is don't be a dick. And I'm like, I love her so much. <laughs> I'm so excited that I'm interviewing you today. So, um, but I want to talk about sales can be considered a dirty word quite a lot. I mean, the clients, you know, you and I have worked with in the past is they come to us because they think they need to conform to this old way of doing sales. You think of Glary Genra, what is that? Closers, yeah. cough, no coffee oh. for closers. Oh but yeah, 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 yeah. A ABC, always be closing. Yeah, put that coffee down. Like that nonsense, you know, Coke and hookers in Vegas, you're talking about that too. Yeah. We're just going to pull out all this stuff. Whoever <laughs> listening, I really hope your kid's not in the car. Please turn us off. We're <laughs> hot fucking mess today. So, <laughs> so, okay. Let's talk about the old perspective. Let's Let's give people the environment. Maybe some people are not familiar with this old way of doing sales, like what does that look like? Well, um, so, I mean, we were talking a little bit about my husband, who's an introvert. And like when he was young, he took a test and they were like, oh, you're introverted. So we would highly not recommend you to go into sales. And now he's like a top salesperson. So, um, the old thought was, it was a man's job for sure. And women had to act like men to do it. Um, and you had to be extroverted and honestly, like really salesy, like, um, and you know, the sales gong, like hit the gong when you make the sale, um, everybody celebrate, uh, I mean, like you do, you do want to celebrate, but it really, it's when, with that approach, you're shifting it to being about selling someone and making money off of them rather than like oh my gosh, I'm so excited that I got to help someone and make money at the same time. Yeah. Great. Um, type of thing. And you do a cowbell. I'm sorry. I just need to interject. You did a cowbell. Oh yeah. no. It was awful. And you could see the introverts in the room and the room just cringe whenever someone made a sale, hit the cowbell. It's okay. so cheesy. It feels oh, so phony and fake and lame. And I mean, there are, sales is not an easy job at all. Um, but I don't know the culture around it, that people, the way that people run sales teams, like, um, a hustle and grind type of mentality, grind you into the ground, sell, no matter what, take more calls. You'll make more sales. I found the opposite is true. You take less calls because you're higher quality. Maybe you took a nap, you sell way more every time. If you're tired or in a bad mood, do not take that sales call. Have you ever sold anything in a bad mood? Have you ever bought anything from someone who was in a bad mood? No, just reschedule the fucking call. Take a nap. Um, I, that should be the theme. Sales, <laughs> to, if you want better results, take a nap. <laughs> Pretty much. Like you need to be in a good place energetically. It's so much about energy. So 
that like hyperactive energy of like a gong and a cowbell and shit is like, I don't know, for a lot of people, it, it doesn't work, but for some it does, which kind of brings me to like what we were talking about beforehand. One of the sales guys that I used to manage, should I go into the store now? Yeah. This is a good time. Yeah. Okay. Let's do whenever, whatever you want. Yeah. He's working at a new company that offers something really beneficial to people who, um, you know, have a lot of health issues. And it's funny because like a company will have this like wonderful mission and this horrible sales method that's like really skeezy to bring somebody in. And so they um, are relying heavily on the Sandler method, which if anybody knows about that, it's B2B, not B2C. So it's really strange that they're doing it B2C. And it's- Can you explain B2B and B2C to everyone? Oh yeah. So business to business or business to consumer. So business consumer is like somebody who's dipping into their personal savings or their credit card or the bank account or whatever to buy the thing. Um, versus somebody who has like a business budget and bigger business goals and stuff like that. So very different conversations. Um, you know, one is, is going to be a lot more personal, like usually with businesses, you can definitely pull in uh, a lot more logic to get the deal done. Um, and I think that Sandler kind, I don't know, they, they told me that this guy is definitely a sales gone guy. And, um, he like talks about how you need to live in the pain with them. And they have like these serious health conditions that are debilitating their lives. So they're just sitting there, like making the person feel like shit. Right. Um, and then they're saying, okay, um, well, this is the only thing that's going to help you. So like you, you know, just told me that your life's going to be an absolute dumpster fire if you don't solve this and has been up to this point. So you, you need to buy this thing. And they also do that permission selling thing where like every five seconds, they're like, may I share this with you? Which is like uh, a neon sign. Like I'm about to sell you something. This is a sales call, like not a regular conversation who asks for permit. That's why they're on the fucking call. They want information. Like what a ridiculous. So anyway, um, they, and then if the person says that they don't move forward with them, they're like, well, have a nice shitty life. Bye. And they do zero follow. They do <laughs> they zero follow exactly up. It's like a life. Cause yeah. your life is a fucking dumpster fire click. Yeah. Like, I can't believe your life is so shitty and you're going to con- continue to ch- choose that. So then it's shame. It's a play on shame then too, which is like bottom of the vibrational cup. That's in the red. If you're looking at rainbow, right. They shift yeah. you into buying, which ties in with the pain, the stabbing, twisting, and throwing salt in their pain. Well, and it's weird because they called it empathy. And I was like, I don't know if I call that empathy. Like, I guess the empathy part is, is where you're like, that's so hard when like, you don't know if you can reproduce and have children. And that's the only dream you've ever had, but you have this like health issue. So you're just going to be barren and childless. That's so diff- like, I guess that's like the empathy part of it. Um, <laughs> how about manipulation? <laughs> yeah. All of it is manipulation. <clears throat> totally. You know? So my, my guy that I worked with came in and he had a totally different approach. Cause I'm all about hope instead of pain. Like sure. Pain is important for context. And like, you don't want to pretend like it didn't happen. Like, I'm so, so sorry. Like that you're experiencing this and you're not alone and there's a solution. This is not a life sentence. And I'm so excited that you found us so you can feel better. Like 
you know, so-and-so who forever thought that they were gluten intolerant. And then they found out it was actually some untreated bacterial infection or some shit, you know, like you talk about the hope of it and how like, it's going to be so much better now. And what you've been through can make you stronger in the end, like type of thing. And so anyway, he closes way, way more. Also, he's like talking to them like a human, not like this weird, my only agenda is to make you feel like shit. I don't want to like, they regularly cry on the call with this other strategy. Right. So they're like, they cry. Yeah. They cry. Prospects cry. Yeah. The prospects cry. So there's like that saying, if they cry, they buy. Oh my God. I haven't heard that one. You haven't? Yeah. I've heard that, but if they cry, I'm writing that down. That's terrible. It is. It's so terrible. So um, like, cause they'll be in so much pain that they'll want to quote unquote, bridge the gap to solve their pain. But if they're not in so much pain, it won't be painful enough for them to buy your shit. And it's like, well, what if your shit just works and y'all talk about the solutions that they've tried up to this point, why they didn't work, why the solution would work based on that information, what makes them a good candidate and get excited about the fact that it's probably going to work. Um, yeah, it's going to change their life and the impact of it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. So this, so anyway, he, everyone was like, what are you doing? Cause he was closing so much business and he pointed them to me. And so I had a couple conversations with, of course, women. And they were like, I'm just so tired of an old white man telling me what to say and what to do. And I guess that they're thinking of talking to other old white men, usually this perspective in sales, like the sales gong methodology is talking to somebody who likes a sales gong, but there are all kinds of buyers who are not like that. There are buyers who are not super extroverted. There are buyers who are introverted. There are buyers that are different genders and colors. And, you know, women definitely don't like being sold to like that, like get out of here. Um, so the fact that there's just this one perspective, I, I guess back in the day, like the old white men were the ones making the financial decisions, but that time is long past, long, long past. We have lots of financial decision makers. And so to only have like this one approach and to tell the people that they have to do it, even if it feels weird or doesn't work, it doesn't even make sense because the, the other part of that is the women that I was talking to said that they finally got permission to kind of follow their intuition more so than like this, uh, strategy and they sold really well, but the other half I'm guessing white dudes, um, didn't do as well with it. And so they switched it back and they said, everybody has to do this other method. And it's like, who gives a shit? As long as you're in integrity and you're selling, why does it matter what you're doing? Well, as long as you're getting results, you know, like you were, we were talking about earlier previous. As long as you're getting results, leave the person alone. They're doing it their way, different audience. Well, what, well, let's talk about this a little bit. Why do you think everyone goes always back to, they, why are people conforming to something that doesn't always work? Like, what's the reason that they're doing this? I don't know, man. It baffles my mind. Yeah. I think it's because they're really insecure. So like a lot of times I'll work with somebody who is like doing something that works, but they've never had any formal training, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they get with, they're like, Oh, but it could probably be better. Right. So they get with some kind of trainer. And every time you're with an expert or a trainer, for some reason, they're like, this is the only way. 
and you have to do it a hundred percent this way. And if it doesn't work, it's because there's something wrong with you and you're not implementing it correctly. And so the person adopts this strategy. It doesn't work for them. Their revenue plummets and they've like lost their way because their confidence is so shook. So like, it's not that people don't make money with that strategy. Like you could have your dad be like, this is what made me millions or your cousin or your best friend or whoever say that this made them millions of dollars and it will not work for you. And it does, it's, it's okay. People are different. So I think that it's just for whatever reason in sales, people think this worked for me, so it should work for you. And then other people like believe that. Well, I think people are looking, yeah, for sure. They're looking for shortcuts too. Well, if it worked for them, I, I don't have time to figure out how to do it. So I'll just copy what they do. I mean, that's rampant everywhere. But it's funny because the shortcut is listening to their intuition and having like a converse. It's a way shorter cut. Cause the other way is that you have to like implement it over hundreds of repetitions until it finally works. Like get ready to be rejected so many times. Like who wants to sign up for that? It's like really discouraging and it takes a long time. So like I got shit on for a year and now I'm good at sales. No, you just finally aren't as awkward with this strategy. That was a poor fit for you anyway. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about, um, what is a way, like, what are like the key components? If someone's like, listen, I've tried the old white guy way and manipulating and stabbing, sorry, someone's going to be mad at me about that and they can go fuck themselves, but um, I'm sorry. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, but looking at too, if they're like, it doesn't work. Like I've tried it and I tried to manipulate. I tried to sit in their pain with them and then tell them this is the only solution, like done all those manipulative things. It didn't feel good. Or I'm avoiding sales completely. I'm not getting any results at all. Like what, what would you say to them? Like, where do they start? Yeah. I mean, really, I think it's, it's realizing the kind of conversation you're having. Isn't that complex? Like it's somebody who's coming, imagine somebody coming to you and saying, Hey, um, we're coming to your city. Like, do you have a restaurant recommendation? And you're like, well, um, where are you staying? What kind of food are you in the mood for? And what's your budget? And then you recommend the best fit. It's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in a I've sales con- analogy. Yes. I've actually, that is a great analogy. I love that. It, it's really like people overcomplicate it. Um, and then when somebody's like, well, I don't know if I want sushi, but like in a sales conversation, people are like, but sushi's the best, but it's so good. And they get all scared and they want to like, um, overcome the objection, you know, instead of understanding it and being like, well, why not? Like, what are you in the mood for? Like, what is it? The raw fish that you're not feeling like you want more cooked fit. Like you just try to understand what the other person wants and needs when they present an objection you take it as like valid and consider it when giving your recommendation for a solution instead of just shoving your original suggestion down their throat. Um, so like it, if they can just shift their mindset about like really understanding what the, it's just about understanding what the other person wants and needs. And if what you have is a fit for them and not forcing it, if it's not. Yeah. And if it's not a fit, I think some of my most successful sales calls and these are long-term results with this, but they come to me and say, I need this. 
Like I want lead gen, like you and I have talked about this. Yes. Not a fit for either one of us. If you want lead gen, not a fit. Uh, if you want to, you have a bunch of leads and you want to find a way to increase your conversion rate and close more, we're a great fit. Yes. So what I do then is I refer them to someone else. And I, yes. I remember one lady, she was just like, are you sure? Like she really like was trying to talk me into working with her. I'm like, no, it's just, I know that you're not going to get the results that you want because we have no playground to play in. Like we need people to come to the party to play in the playground, to tweak it, make sure it works and all this. Yeah and dial it in. And she just really was like, I don't care that anyone, no one's at the playground or we don't have a playground. Like, I just want to hang out alone with you in the playground. I was like, that's weird. So I'm going to refer you. And then she came back later once she had figured out her lead gen, but um, that builds the most immense trust. Like this person actually cares about me and is saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm giving up because I know that I know what's going to happen in the end too. If, if I try and work with her too, I'm not going to get what she needs and impacts important. Yeah. And she'll refer you because of that. Yes, absolutely. She'll be a better client for you because of that. It always comes back tenfold. It's so much about uncovering a yes, as much as a no. Um, it's not just about a yes, like, and people can feel if your only goal is a yes and they're less yeah. likely to say yes. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I want to, we have to go today, but I want to talk more with you. And I know you're having this baby in two weeks. Yes. Yes, I am. So I'm going to come to your house with whiskey. <laughs> well, I can't drink it while I'm breastfeeding. It's like the cruelest joke. I know. Well, you know yes. If we were just born like 50 years ago, we would be allowed to get mm-hmm. all kinds of wasted while we were pregnant. Like the whole time and smoking, <laughs> we could smoke and drink Yeah, and wear heels. No, no limitations. No limitations. Uh, I um, actually, my neighbor Phyllis, who's like 87, she said that they used to prescribe speed while pregnant. Why? Yeah. Because we're so freaking exhausted. And like, <laughs> here, she needs to not take a nap and take care of six kids. Let's get yeah. some speed. And clean the house and cook. <laughs> I mean, like the, the role of the woman back in the day was like crazy. Every, I don't know how men got away with that for so long, but like, that was a for sweet them. deal, sweet deal. Good fucking deal. I mean, like, way yeah. to go, man. That was awesome. Not anymore. My God. I can't, I can't even imagine Yeah, I would a life been. like that. Anyway. Yeah. I would have been burned at the stake if they had stakes then anyway. So, so how, how can people find you? Yes. So, um, you have, there's my website, Alicia Bar. I also have, um, and I just created these really great follow-up templates that I'm excited about. And I've heard really good things about because a lot of people know they should follow up because 80% of sales happens in the follow-up, but nobody knows what to say or they feel annoying. And so they're just like checking in or circling back or touching base or following up. And like, that basically means like, I'm checking in, are you going to buy my shit? And like, nobody wants to answer that email. So there's a lot of alternative templates, uh, that, that have worked way better. Um, like talking about client success stories with them that reminded you of them or ideas or industry articles, or basically bringing value to the other person. Anyway, I have those, they're on my site, very excited about those. And I've gotten great feedback and I have my Facebook group sales is not a dirty word, which is like tons of training and, um, 
you know, you can ask questions in there and I will always answer. I love that. That is awesome. Um, that'll all be in the show notes. so Everyone can just click away at those things. And if you could leave everyone with one thought today, after talking about how dirty how sales is not a dirty word, um, what would you share with everyone? I would say, especially because the majority are women, listen to your intuition and do what's getting you results. If what you're doing feels weird, the other person feels weird too, for sure. Um, results are queen. If somebody tells you to do something different because something different is what worked for them, but it doesn't work for you, tell them to shut the fuck up and keep doing your thing <laughs> because <laughs> results are the only thing that matter. Uh, so it doesn't matter if it works, that, that wouldn't work for somebody else. If it works for you, get, please, this is your permission to just double down on that, whatever it is, and you will make so much more money and help so much, so many more people. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Thank you, Alicia. I'm glad you're on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. You know that I'm a huge fan. So I everyone follow Alicia on LinkedIn, please. You'll enjoy as much as I do. Um, okay. Thank you everyone. I appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I'm Jamie Rowe with Look What She Built, the one and only podcast that celebrates the brave, bold, and badass women who are doing business their way and telling us about it. Until next time, go show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Please share this with three women because we all need to share positive messages in the world. And if you want to learn more, please connect with me on social at Impact to Income.